What's up, this is Tim Sykes here. I am here with these guys on Ice Coffee Hour. This is the 25th ever episode. We have made $12,418 in AdSense so far. That's an incredible intro. You nailed it. That was good. <laughs> I'm pumped. Usually it works in like two or three times, but wow. you got a first try. I've been doing this a little bit. You this know? is the first time I think we've had to do that with no cuts at all. Yeah. Your life you, is... You gave me, you told me what to say, but it's crazy that I started with $12,415. <laughs> like that... I literally thought you were talking about my bio when you said that number, and I was like... No. <laughs> this is hilarious. That's so, a little crazy. So I've mentioned this to you before. So this is a cool podcast because now we've been in three Jubilee episodes together. Yeah. So that's how we met. But I actually found you. I was like 13 years old, I okay. think. 13 or 14 years old. I had just got a laptop, my first ever laptop, and I got really into the stock trading penny stocks. And it was through you that got me into trading penny stocks in the very beginning. Sweet. Well, good and bad. Good and bad. So I started, I scrounged up all the money I had and I doubled my money yeah. in like a few months. Then you got cocky. I, I lost, I, I lost pretty much all of it. It happens. <laughs> so, That's what happens without rules. This is yeah, why I teach. Yeah. So how much money did you make? If you're under 18, uh, by the way, get parental permission. Yeah. So I think I started with like... Gosh, I used all the money I had saved up. Maybe it was like a thousand, fifteen hundred. I can't remember. Somewhere around there, and then I, I basically just went in like random penny stocks, and I thought I knew what I was doing, and I doubled. I, I think I made like fifteen hundred or two grand on that, and I was so excited about that. I'd wake up before school, I trade stocks, and I go to school. There was Wi-Fi there, and I try to trade during class, and they would catch me. And then, yeah, I just I had a series of just bad trades where one of them I lost because I would go all in and out. So that was the thing. Like I go all you in. Paying wait. attention to my lessons, I say never go all in. Rule number one is cut losses. Quickly. I wanted to make money because I remember your your tagline. What was it? You you went from twelve grand into two million before I graduated college. That was it. And but so, I always cut losses quickly. I got cocky once upon a time too. I so, lost five hundred grand. Yeah. So your loss was how did than mine. how did you learn? Well, hold on, yeah. real quick. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Let's, we gotta yeah. we gotta make sure we have a proper introduction. Mm. Hi, cool. Whatever so, like. Tim Sykes, you are a stock trader slash YouTuber and Jubilee participant, <laughs> teacher, traveler, philanthropist. There you go. YouTube is a little down the list for me, but I tried to just get my lessons out, and mm. I should have taught you more. I'm sorry I didn't reach you in time. <laughs> no. You know, but this is the thing: ninety percent <laughs> of traders lose. So even though now I've actually made roughly six million in trading, I donate all my trading profits to charity. I show my screen; you can see me, you know, doing my thing and seeing what charts I like. But rule number one is cutting losses quickly. Ninety percent of traders lose. It's probably like ninety-three percent. I tried and I lost. Greedy. You're, you're typical. I wasn't, I wasn't being greedy though. Like I had my, I had my set percentage profits that I was shooting for every yeah. day and I just never hit them. But it's just not an exact science. But also 2020 is crazy. Were you trading this year or before? No, it was last, it was a, it was about a year and a half. No, it was probably a year and a half, two so years So the ago. market in 2020 is crazy. Like I've made nearly a million dollars this year. Last year I only made like 125,000 trading. It's like 10 times as much this year. Mm. So, you know, not all years are created equal. But it's also mm. not an exact science, too. Like, you can set your 15% goal. The market doesn't care what your goal is. It might just rise 7%, and then you got to adapt. So it's like teaching an inexact science. Got it. Which is very yeah. difficult. Like, if you're a math teacher, 5 plus 7 always equals 12. But for me, I'm like, no, if the market's different, 5 plus 7 can equal 14. And people are just like, what? 
Okay. All right, let's slow it down. Yeah, okay. Let's take. Cool. Let's let's slow it down. You can't slow it down. It's a lot of How many? How much iced coffee have you had today, man? I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. I've had. I didn't even drink coffee like the past few years. The past like two years. I the guess. The past few is people told you you need to stop drinking coffee, Timothy. <laughs> no, I gotta drink more. I gotta up it. You know, I, I, I actually was drinking energy. any energy today. This is good. You know, Anti energy. Anna Annie energy. What's so that? this is Bryce Hall. He's like one of my like YouTube friends. Okay. And TikTok friends. TikTok guys. And he yeah. has Annie energy. So I was drinking that today. I've never had it before, so I'm a little more. What's amped. in it? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see. We'll see how <laughs> Wait, long so it he goes. sells an energy drink, or what is it? Yeah, any energy. He just he like him and his friends like just started. They gave me a Bryce Hall is a TikToker. Yeah, yeah TikToker. And these teenagers need more energy. That's the thing. Like I remember how much energy I had when I was like 18 or 19 compared to now. Yeah. I did not need more energy. I do because I'm just working so much harder. There's so many more stocks. I, you know, I have many more students this year, so I'm just like trying to keep up. It's mm-hmm. a good problem to have. Yeah. So let's talk yeah. about your journey. Okay. Um, From the beginning until the end. Give us the, give us the summary. There is no end, but, um, no. So my parents gave me control of my bar mitzvah money, $12,415. That's, a, so that's a lot of bar mitzvah money. So I got so a I, sh- I should do a bar mitzvah. You, you really should have should. one. I should have I one should too. have bar mitzvah. Are you I want- yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> then do it. I think that's a great way to make money. You know, well, yeah, you know, my mom is Jewish. You can so get technically that makes me Jewish. Anytime. My Your mom's Jewish. Jewish? She is. So is mine. Yeah. I think it's a good way. But I, you know, I was a tennis player and my grandfather was like responsible for half of it. He offered me a tennis court or cash. And I was like, cash. Okay. So I had like doubled it. It would have been like six grand. Okay. Um, but I had surgery on my arm. I had yeah. Tommy John surgery. So I couldn't play tennis. I had the 12 grand sitting in like series E bond senior year of high mm. school. My parents gave me control of it thinking like I would lose it all in the stock market. But I was like, no, I'm obsessed. I started really focusing on different charts. Yeah. Um, back then, you know, when I first got started, this was 1999, 2000. I'm old. But how um, did you learn? Because so you- this is what I'm getting into. Okay. So back then you had dial up internet. Nothing yeah. like would load fast. I would skip class because I was already into college, early admission. I would make friends with the librarian, go to the library bank, you know, like where there's like 12 computers in a row, mm-hmm. right? So I would load one web page on one computer and while it was loading, I would go to another. So I was like, kind of crazy mad scientists loading different web pages and making friends with a librarian so that I could research. But I learned it all the hard way and, you know, I was there at the right place at the right time. 99, 2000, you could be an idiot and still make money. Um, you're just buying any stock that goes up. Were you looking into candlestick charts or what was your, how, um, how would you pick stocks? So at first I was an investor, but I was, this, my account was going nowhere for like three months. It was like 12,400, 12,600, 12,200. And I was like, this is terrible. And I'm sitting there okay. with two casts on my arm. I can't play tennis. I can't really do anything, but I can type. Um, so I gravitated towards lower price penny stocks, which the whole world hates because of Jordan Belfort because he scammed an entire generation. But those kinds of sketchy companies can double or triple in a day. So back in 99 and 2000, the hottest companies were Netscape, Yahoo. I couldn't afford mm-hmm. those stocks. They were like trading at like 60, 70, $100 a share. I wanted you know smaller companies. So I gravitated towards these little piece of crap penny stocks and they would spike 50, 100, 200%. I would never go all in, mm-hmm. but I would put in like three or four grand and try to make like a grand on, a, on the trade. So I would take a piece of my account and take a piece of the move. And I do that over and over again. I was so lucky. I say I'm like Jewish Forrest Gump. Like back in 99 and 2000, I was piggybacking these boiler rooms. I didn't know about boiler rooms. No one knew about Mm. them until they got exposed in 2001. But I was just buying these penny stock breakouts. And I was like, this works almost every time. This is like magic. What I didn't know is that boiler rooms were calling naive financial people at dinner time, the beginning of like telemarketing. Yeah. 
pitching them on these penny stocks and they would put in their buy order at the market open the next day and the prices would bid up 15, 20%. So I would buy these stocks that showed the right pattern at like 3.40, 3.45 p.m. Eastern. Market closes at 4 p.m. Eastern. They get the telemarketing call at 6 p.m. They put the buy order in at 9.30 and I'm selling into the people who are getting marketed at night. How did you find those stocks? So I've always just looked at big percent gainers, stocks that are up 15, 20, 30, 50%, 100% in the day. Mm. Um, every stock has like an amazing story, but they're almost all full of crap. So for me, I just want to make sure that they're in play. So that's why 2020 is so crazy because I'm trading hand sanitizer stocks, I'm trading vaccine stocks, um, electric vehicle stocks, whatever sector is hot. But back then, I had inadvertently piggybacked on the boiler rooms calling the people at like dinner time. So I was in the stock before the boiler rooms were calling okay. and I didn't know. I was just following the path. So how long were you making money from that? So senior year of high school, I made about a hundred grand off my 12 grand, which was a lot, you know, I'm from a small town in Connecticut. Okay. Um, freshman- okay. Did you, did you lose money? Because yeah. it's the, when you say like you had 12 grand and then senior year, like how long were you trading before that? How long did it take for you to learn and equip yourself with the techniques? So to- uh, three months, I was I my investments were going nowhere and I was boring. And then I gravitated and I got lucky with this pattern. It was literally within three months. And within six months, I had made 100 grand. And I wasn't winning every time, but it was winning like 90 to 95% of the time. You have to understand, the companies were scams. They were getting called about boiler rooms, like Boiler rooms were pitching the stock. How did that work? Explain a boiler room. I mean, I love the Wolf of Wall Street. So you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, right? right? So they're calling out people. This is, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street is pre-internet, but telemarketing was the same thing. So they call out people at dinner time, like, hey, um, we've got this great company. I got your name off this list, but, you know, I have this great pick. The stock's trading at two bucks a share, but they have such a great technology. It should be worth like $50 a share. And the people at home, they're like, no, no, they're about to hang up. But then the boiler room operator is trying to market and pump it up saying like, this has great potential. Just give me a chance. I want to be like, you know, it's everything in the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, So give me a chance. So they buy 5,000 shares. And again, because they're calling at dinner time, the buy order doesn't go in until the next market open at 9.30 a.m. when the market opens. So for me, I didn't know anything about the boiler rooms. No one knew anything. I just saw stocks going up into the close. And I was like, huh, when they go up into the close a certain percentage, like 20, 30%, and they're a low price stock, they usually gap up the next day. So when all the people who got called at dinner time would put in their buy orders, just trusting their telemarketers who called them, those buy orders would stack up and the stock would gap up 15, 20% and I would sell. So I'd buy at 3.40, 3.45 p.m. in the afternoon, sell at like 9.32 a.m. the next morning. So when the people were buying stocks after hours, were they just buying it? Not after markets during market orders. But if they call it dinner time yeah. and they place an order, is that just a market order the next day? So they're going to pay a Correct. premium of like 20%. Exactly. And that's the I thing. See. So they're using market orders. This is another thing yeah. like Robinhood these days right now. So part of the reason why 2020 is so much like 2000, Robinhood, the brokerage, right, uses market orders. Mm. So everyone gets all excited around 9.30 a.m. All the Robinhood buy orders right now in 2020 are piling up at 9.30 a.m. And the stock explodes between 9.30 and 9.35 as all the Robinhooders get So executed. how does after hours? trading work because I've, I've done that with like tesla stock yeah. but a little bit after hours it posts how does it lock in that price so back in 1999 2000 and now i yeah. mean i trade a lot of penny stocks they don't trade after hours so all the orders pile up it's like a powder keg right mm-hmm. at 9 30 a.m eastern so tesla amazon apple they all trade like until 8 p.m eastern so if there's news at like 5 p.m 6 p.m you can still trade it until mm-hmm. 8 p.m um, and you can actually get up early in the morning you can trade it at like 4 a.m if you really want to get into yeah. sleep the next day Um, But with penny stocks, 
the stock closes at 4 p.m. Eastern. Whatever happens between 4 p.m. Eastern and 9.30 a.m. Eastern, doesn't matter how many buy orders or sell orders, everything gets executed right around 9.30. Got it. So there's a chance, though, that everyone wants to sell after 100%. And then it gaps way lower. Gaps down, Got correct. Okay. So that happens sometimes. Like one time I slept in, because it didn't work 100% of the time, but you know, sometimes like the boiler room, you know, maybe they didn't make their calls. Maybe they got raided by the FBI or something, so the calls weren't made. And one time I slept in, and the stock dropped 50%. Mm-hmm. And I lost like 18 grand. There's mm. nothing I could do. It was right. just, well, this, this didn't work. Got it. So you made 100 grand by high school. Senior what year, yeah. Senior year of high school. What did you spend that on? Nothing. I didn't take anything out because I okay. was too focused on trading. And then freshman year in college, I made about 700 grand. So I parlayed that 12 grand into How? over 700 grand. Same pattern, Same just thing. taking bigger positions. I'll tell you one, my favorite yeah. pattern, okay. freshman year in college, I couldn't even like get into bars. I had like three fake IDs taken away from me. I'm like so skinny. Now mm. I have the reverse problem. Now I eat like a celery and I gain like 30 pounds. Mm. But back then I could eat like anything and I was so thin and like, it just looked weak, but I was trading these stocks. And so it wasn't just boiler rooms. Again, I, I focus on these patterns. Like when will there be a lot of buy orders piling up at the market open? So I was stupid, kind of like you, like in the beginning, I was like mm. aggressive and I put in, when I had made a quarter of a million dollars, I put in $175,000 in one stock over the weekend. Yeah. This company said that they um, could cure, uh, back then, like you had cell phone fuzziness problems. Like if you had a, it wasn't even like a cell phone. It was like, it was like a cord. It was like old school cell phones mm-hmm. and there was fuzziness. And they came up with this whole scientific uh, explanation. We can fix the fuzziness problem. And, you know, whether or not it worked, there were no exposés back in 2000. They came out with a press release on Friday saying, hey, we were just interviewed by this TV crew. It's going to air on Sunday. During the week, because the, the people were excited about the technology, mm-hmm. not a boiler room, just yeah. technology, the stock had gone from 5 to 17. So it had already tripled in one week. I put in 10,000 shares because I was an idiot just being aggressive. I was like, well, they said they were on TV. It's got to be positive. Sure enough, it was positive on Sunday. I thought I could just sell the 10,000 shares at like 20, make like 30 grand. But instead, because of all the buy orders piling up at the market open on Monday, and because the TV was so positive, I ended up selling it around 29 and locking in 120 grand in profits. Wow. That was my biggest profit ever at that time. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't do anything. And I'm like downloading illegal movies on Merck and I'm making 100 grand plus in a day. And the thing, I didn't even have to sell it. I was like so worried about you know, selling it right near the market open didn't even matter. It spiked up to 50 the next day. And what about taxes? Did you take into account taxes back then? So I always just, you know, have an accountant. Um, he's actually been with me since the beginning and okay. I just pretty much paid like 40%, okay. 35 to 40%. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Questions you have, Jack? Yeah. So at that time you weren't spending any money. It was None. basically all being... Correct. And and I remember you're... I went to Red Lobster once to celebrate and I ordered like extra lobsters. That was my one celebration. Extra. How many That's pounds? It. How many pounds of lobster? A lot. That was the beginning of when I started eating too much. Oh no. <laughs> lobster is so good. That's my one lobster. food. Dude. I purposely don't treat myself to lobster because it's so good. I wanted it to still so remain good. special. Really? Yeah. I got in a fight it's with a my treat. rabbi because I was like, I love lobster. <laughs> Lobster's not kosher. And I'm like, I'm Jewish. Ah. Uh. Like, it just tastes butter. like butter to me. No, that, that, I it, love butter. Don't if you, you like add butter? butter to it, game over. It tastes like crab and it tastes like butter. It's just like it the a little bit like king Red crab, Lobster but yeah. used to do on Tuesdays, it was like all you can eat king crab Tuesdays. I don't know if you remember this. So I my dad yeah. and I would go right when, yeah. like, we're, you know, well, it used to be frugal too, right? So, like, we would go right when they opened at 5 30. We'd eat as much crab as we could. We're full by like 6 30. Then we just sit there, right? And we're like drinking water. Like, we're like just chilling. And they're like, 
the waitresses are like confused, but then we're going ready for round two like, <laughs> until like seven. I used to do that. There used to, there's a casino in California where every, t- I think it was a Tuesday or a Thursday night, they had all you could eat lobster buffet. Yes. And so we would get there, I think at like 4 p.m. when they opened. Yeah. And just stay there until about nine. That's fantastic. It's and you just deal. keep eating and keep eating and keep eating. I think it was like 40 bucks, yeah. but I would eat like $200 of the lobster. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Like I, I got paid basically to go and eat lobster. I did. Day. In Florida, there was another restaurant that had all you can eat lobster. And I had a competition against one of my friends. His name is Russell. And we're going back and forth. I did 13 and a half lobsters because <laughs> they were cut in half. Oh, man. And I was like, wow, I was like, I, but that was just but they so, But those are little tiny ones. No, I mean, no. It's got to be were, like they were still, pound they each, were, right? No, no, no. They were no? regulations. So it's like a pound and a half minimum, right? If okay, you get into but, like these, wait, so you ate thirteen and a like, half. But but here's the but the you actual ate, like, meat the pound, itself like, is pounds of lobster. But it's like the shells. Yes, I still had a lot. It was. Yeah. I don't recommend thirteen and a half. That so was too I much. would say it's got to be an eighth. So whatever it weighs, maybe about an eighth of that is actual meat because you, the, the claws yeah. weigh, the shell weighs. So let's say you like, ate like two. But in the beginning, I was an idiot. I was like, I didn't know I was going to go to third. I didn't plan this ahead of time, and mm. I'm d- dumping it in the butter, and I'm like, yeah. And by the end, I'm just like, I, I have to win, and I won. I had 13 and a half. He had 13. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So you made all this money then. When did you drop out of college? You dropped out, right? I did not drop you out. You didn't drop out. I, I assumed. College. Finished college, but Why? I started the hedge yeah. fund. So I had made like yeah. $1.65 million. I started the hedge fund senior year of college because I thought that like, oh, I turned a few thousand into a few million. I can do anything. Wrong, right? I'm really good at these little patterns. I'm, you know, from 700000 to $1.65 million, I actually short sold because there were no more penny stock breakouts mm. in 2001, 2002. They all collapsed. That's when the boiler rooms were exposed. So I literally, I made $700,000 in the first four months of 2000. The last eight months, I lost 10000 So it was very focused on these one breakout pattern. Yeah. Then I learned short selling. Um, but then again, I'm dealing with these fast moving stocks and I'm taking like 10,000 shares, 50,000 shares, 30,000 shares, but it's not scalable. I can never make billions of dollars. These stocks move too much. There's too much slippage each way. Mm-hmm. So I started the hedge fund and for three years, I was the number one ranked hedge fund, you know, for short selling, making like 200, 300 grand per year, but not doing much. Like I, I barely went to class. I'm trying to like take meetings. Sometimes I would take a meeting and miss class. Sometimes I would miss, uh, you know, a trade for like a meeting. And like, I would just, you did why, this in yeah. college. Yeah. Senior year. Why did you start a hedge fund? Why not just keep trading for yourself? So I wanted to take bigger amounts and I didn't have that much money. Like, you know, I made 1.65 yeah. million, but after taxes, we're talking like a million dollars basically. Yeah. And I was like, no, I need to have like, my hedge fund only got up to like 3 million, okay. but still it was like 2 million of other who people's else, money. Who else invested? How did you like find family, investors? friends? Okay. Um, you couldn't advertise hedge funds back then. So okay. like there were, I didn't know. What like, was your people. annual return on the hedge fund? So I was making like 20% per year on like, you know, a two, $3 million hedge fund, which is decent, but it wasn't like huge money given the small size of the fund. And then I made my fatal mistake where I invested in my best friend's dad's company. I threw out my trading rules, threw out all my risk. And I was like, this guy invented print at home ticketing, which actually turned out to be the right technology. The company later got bought for 80 million. But mm. before they got bought out, they went bankrupt and I lost 500 grand of my own money and all my industry credibility. And that was the single yeah. best lesson for me because now I've never had a big loss since then because I never want that terrible feeling again. Yeah. So you invested friends and family's money. What was that like to tell them about a loss? Like, oh, hey, guys, we lost. It was terrible. Money. I mean, the hedge fund still finished up over four years. Like, 
up like one percent on average, even with the loss because yeah. of the twenty percent gains. But it was it was just demoralizing. Did that did that ruin any relationships? Oh, hundred percent ruin relationships, credibility. I was also on this TV show, Wall Street Warriors. Mm-hmm. So right as the TV show was airing, my fun lost, and everyone's like, "Oh, he got cocky being on TV." Yeah. Even though I was in this position before the TV show, they right. didn't understand. But the TV show was a hit, and so even though I had this hedge fund, which you know, it was basically break even after three good years and one bad year. No one was asking for their money back, but I saw an opportunity because the TV show, everyone started asking, how do I turn a few thousand into a few million? Most people who teach how to make money on the internet are full of crap, yeah. right? So I was like, ding, let me talk about my gains. Let me talk about my losses. Let me show everything. So I went back to 12 grand, the beginning, um, my roots, $12,415, which is what's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I still can't get over that coincidence. That's messed up. Um, I went back and I started showing every trade. Uh, on my blog on timothysykes.com showing videos. I would trade, you know, for $100, like $200. The press would rip on me because I'm like now this reality TV star and they're like, you obviously lost everything. And I didn't lose everything, but I specifically went back to my roots because I wanted to show that I could redo it. Um, And there was a website back then called Covester, which tapped into your brokerage account and you could show off what you did. And I quickly became the number one ranked trader out of 60,000 traders. The 12 grand got turned into 250,000 over three years. Not quite the initial thing, but again, I'm making blog mm-hmm. posts, video lessons, and just to be able to turn 12,000 into 250,000 is nice. Yeah. So. so you saw this as the new business that 100%. instead of trading, you could just trade in conjunction with teaching. Yeah. I saw a huge need just yeah. because I started getting 20, 50, 100, 200 emails a day. And I was like, no one's teaching this stuff. How Most much, people are full of crap. How much were you making back then from teaching? Like, what, what did you sell? How much was it? How much were you making? Um, I mean, I started out with one book. I thought it was going to be a bestseller. It bombed. Like, you know, um, I had like Tim Alerts. It was like $30 a month. I was making like five, 10 grand a, a month. Um, you know, it was, it was a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And then from trading, I was making like five, 10 grand a month. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, teaching blossomed where now I make millions from teaching and now I, I'm able to donate all my trading profits. Right. But so as you, but as you were growing on the internet, because I remember you were really prolific yeah. around, I, I think it was 2004, five and six. What were you doing on those years? Because that's, whoops, because that's when I found you. That was when the TV show was starting to air. Okay. And that was right when I got into teaching. Um, and I had a market watch article that said like, I was like a wonderkind. Um, and again, I didn't even know the rules. Like once I had that $500,000 loss, that really solidified like rule number one is cut yeah. losses quickly. What did you learn about marketing when you were doing that? Like, how did you, how did people find you beyond just seeing the TV show? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I like to speak. I like to talk a lot. Um, so I would call out a lot of scams. Um, and, you know, I would get in like a lot of fights with like these like little scammers. And I was like, here's 20 yeah. reasons why this company is a scam. And then that blog post would kind of go viral in the penny stock market. And it would be a debate. And I would always win because it's not hard to judge if a company is a scam. It's, it's harder to judge when it's going to collapse. Mm-hmm. So I always had, um, you know, uh, a blog post that would go viral or get shared a lot. Um, now I have 3,000 plus blog posts on timothysykes.com and they're all, they act as little breadcrumbs because then I can point back. Um, I got in fights with like rappers. Rappers would steal my Instagram photos. Instagram was very big mm-hmm. for me. One day I woke up, little Bow Wow stole one of my Instagram photos. I used to post like How stacks. How did he steal it? So I used to post like stacks of cash. I was like, marketing i think i was the first person that business week ever used the term in the title so i have that i'm a pioneer so would you say I had an you, orange lamborghini you, so so you were the original i don't want to say the ty lopez but like before ty lopez was, was, than that. you would do yeah in what way How? i had an orange lamborghini 
only, before, be, be only because they got the, the, yeah. the black Lamborghini that I wanted sold it the day before. So okay. I embraced the orange Lamborghini lifestyle. Why did you want the orange Lamborghini in the first place? So I did a test where um, this is what's so interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm learning just like how to grow my business, right? I did like a 45 minute in-depth video, like really just going through this company's SEC filings, digging through it and like exposing it as a scam. And I posted it and I was like, I stayed up all night and like, like 30 dorks like watched it and they're like, good job, Tim, right? And I was like, there's more, more people have to do this. Mm -hmm. I had just gotten the Lamborghini because I was in Miami and I was like, screw it, let me, like, I'm finding success. I always wanted a nice car. So I started posting pictures of the Lamborghini on like Instagram and on Twitter and like those posts would just blow up and my little technical analysis videos wouldn't. So then I got the bright idea to merge them. So I did put the same 45 minute video, but I put like a little 30 second trailer of like my Lamborghini in the beginning. And I was like, if you want this car, then you study this video. So it was literally like- What year was that? This was 2008, 2009. So this was before Ty Lopez, right? Ty Lopez, yeah, I think was 2009 or 10. 100%. He was 2008, 9 or 10. So you were before like Ty Lopez, yeah. But I, so I did that. And the two yeah. videos are the exact same analysis as the stock, but with the orange Lamborghini, four times as many people watched it and they watched it three times longer. So I was like, Phew. so I started posting cars. I got multiple cars. I had like two Lamborghinis. I had a Rolls Royce, I had a Ferrari. I've sold all my cars now. I don't need any of that crap. But when I was growing the business, yeah. the cars blew up. And then I would also take a million dollars of cash um, out <laughs> of the bank, which they don't allow anymore. And I would post it, post it on my bed. Like I would spell like Tim or Sykes or, <laughs> you know, with 10,000 things. Like ultra. I don't yeah. think anybody's ever done that, right? And then I woke up one morning and Bow Wow had taken my stack of like a million dollars. Like people don't yeah. just have stacks of cash, right? Like this is fake money. But I actually yeah. had real money, right? And he had filtered it and he wrote like liquid cash or something. And everyone started tagging me because he had just taken my picture. Yeah. So then I posted it like my picture versus his picture. And I was like, Bow Wow, like, why are you taking other people's cash photos? Like, I'll teach you the stock market so you don't have to be a broke rapper anymore. And, you know, you can have your own money. <laughs> wow. And I signed it little juju. So like yeah. I was like petty. And it blew up. And it like this was before the Bow Wow Challenge where like he faked taking right. the private jet. Yeah. So this was the first thing. I was like, it was literally number one trending on Facebook. Um, like stock trader calls out rapper, right? Like they had like a little section on there. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like, why not? Then he wrote a post where he tagged me on Instagram. And he's like, everyone go attack Timothy Sykes. And he linked me. And I started getting all these like little L's and snake icons. Like that's how you get attacked <laughs> on Instagram. I'm like, I don't feel attacked. Like this is laughable. And I literally got over 200,000 followers overnight because of that. And then there were other rappers. The game also did it. And so wow. I just did that. Then I called out the game. We got on TMZ. I got another 200,000 followers. I had to apologize to the game. So, so it seems like you've taken the approach that all publicity is good publicity. Because I'm teaching something that's real in an industry full of scams. So okay. for me, I teach that 90% of traders lose. I teach that almost every penny stock fails. So I'm the antithesis of Jordan Belford who pumps up the BS. Yeah. So I just have to be real and I can talk about this. Like if you think I'm... Like, that's fine. I have several millionaire students that don't even like me because they're like, no, you're too aggressive with your marketing, but you taught me everything I know. I'm fine with that. So what's your response then to the people who say this is a scam, uh, this isn't legitimate, he's trying to sell something, makes more money teaching? What, what, what is your response so to that? So I have 1,500 videos now on my YouTube channel. So if you watch these, like I have live trades, student trades, rules, video lessons, everything. Like, you can learn so much from my YouTube. Um, my first millionaire student, Michael Good, I had this thing called the Millionaire Challenge. It's all my coaching, all my DVDs, all my webinars, you get everything. 
And Michael Good said that I was a scam. And he wrote this blog post. Timothy Sykes is full of BS. And went back and forth. I always listen to like all my haters. Like I know you're supposed to ignore them, but I engage them. So we went back and forth. There's 63 comments and he gave me a chance. And literally he thought that I was a scam, but then I converted him because I showed him what I was doing. And now he's made over $2 million. He's my moderator in my chat room. So I welcome the haters. If I can turn my haters into millionaires, I can teach anybody. Yeah. Do you think the whole Lamborghini thing and the money still works today? Um, I'm, I'm sure it does. I don't do it anymore because now I've proven like I have, you know, six millionaire students now, so I don't need to do that. And frankly, I think it's bad for the environment. I sold all my cars. I don't need any of that stuff. Mm. I, I focus on my charity. So now I I've converted because now the cars thing was never really me. I just wanted to get students. I, I always wanted nice cars, but like I went over the top, like, you know, with a million dollars, you wanted the cars, right? No, I wanted the cars, but Mm. I didn't need to like show them off. Like I posted aggressively specifically to get more students. Because I'm like, if you want these cars, I wasn't like, yo, I'm a rapper. Like I do have some music videos, which are terrible, but like, you know, you don't need to post aggressively unless there's a reason. And my reason was I want to teach. And going back to that first video, recognizing what gets people to watch a 45 minute detailed video, you need some kind of reward. So I actually did a... uh a test ad. I think this was like two and a half years ago. You remember this? The Lamborghini. Yeah, it was a great, was a so, great video. So I had, uh, I, I did a test for a YouTube video. I had one YouTube ad where I sold the program with a Lamborghini in the background. It was a convertible yellow Lamborghini Huracan. Yeah. And then in the other video it was just me sitting in my office and the Lamborghini video converted so much worse than just me sitting in an office without a Lamborghini. I think I was probably very early in the game and then it got duplicated because then a lot of people, like I bought my cars, a lot of people just rent them for the day and then they became like fake ads. Like people use fake cash. I actually went to the bank. I I had business insider follow me to the bank as I took out 1.2 million. Mm. We had like six security guards, like just being real. But now it's so diluted because so many people do it and now it kind of loses itself. So what do you think the trick is for marketing now? What do you think what works? Being as authentic as possible. If you can do a 45 minute video from start to finish showing like a trade and like how you you thought about it, like Mm -hmm. your thesis and your risk reward. And then other, you know, students like testimonials, like real students, not fake testimonials. There's people like Jim R says this, like Andrew F said, like, I show all my real students, they're real people. I go to their houses, I go to their weddings. Um, It's pretty cool. So as real as you can be, but I think you have to be an expert first. So many people wanna get into like the marketing game, but they're not experts. You need to have some value. I would not be the teacher I am today without that $500,000 loss. If I only taught how I made so much money, I would teach a very risky strategy that would be setting my students up for failure. But I've had the good and the bad, and I've been on several reality shows, so I have thick skin, so it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to become an expert in stock trading? Um, I mean, I had the loss. Uh, the big loss was like seven years in, and I didn't really respect my risk management. So I would say like seven to eight years where I really got risk management. But then once I redid the 12K to 250K the second time showing every trade and then sometimes trading bigger and now making a million dollars this year. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm 20 years in right now, but I think like six, seven, eight years. So if I can teach my students all in like one or two or three years, I can condense that. I can save them yeah. time. I can speed up their learning curve. And what's your annual rate of return like on average over the 20 years? I, I have no idea because now I, I, some years I go big, some years I go small. Um, my whole goal is though to make six figures in trading. So it's not like a percentage. So it would be 10% if you're trading with like, how much do you trade? I mean, with? I go back to 12 grand every year, but then I have a bigger account sometimes with like three or 400 grand. So 
I would say like the 12 grand account becomes like 60, 70, sometimes 80 grand at the end of the year because you can grow a small account faster. And then the three or 400 grand becomes like a million. At but, least that's what it is. This but year. you never publicize your, your trades. Or I, you, I show you all my after, trades. But you do it after the fact. No, no, I show all my trades in real time. That's the cool thing. So like a lot of the time, ahead of time, I post them. So I post a watch list every night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here are 10 stocks I'm going to watch. If this stock breaks out or if this stock has good earnings, I'll buy it. So like I can actually predict my trades ahead of time. A lot of my best students predict my trades because I'm teaching patterns. The trades are just real-time examples of the patterns that I teach. So I have like seven key patterns that I teach. And like a lot of my students, like when a stock is setting up, even if sometimes I'm not in the chat room, Sometimes I don't see it, but my students see it and they're like, it's a number five. It's a Sykes number five. And like the chat room is like, where's Sykes? And And you're still, you still use the same strategy. You're trading low cap stocks, low cap stocks. Um, I don't really short sell that much anymore just because even though it's effective, my students couldn't really do it because in order to short sell these low price stocks, you have to find borrows. It's very complicated. Short selling, like betting on lower prices freaks a lot of people out. So even when I won, like students would be like, no, this isn't for me. So I've adapted not necessarily to make the most money, but to be the best teacher. Can we talk about, can we talk about, can we talk about income for a second? Whatever you like. Cool. Yeah. Well, this is it. How much? How much do you make? Um, how much do you make now? Let's it, let's, let's just ask. No, it, it varies Everyone's every yet. year. So this is why yeah. I'm so proud to be able to donate like a million dollars of trading profit. Well, I'm at like nine fifty so far okay. this year. Um, but income wise, I think I'm at like four or five million, maybe six million in teaching. Yeah. So I can prioritize my students. So that's why like there's a lot of chat rooms out there where they trade big and like they don't donate their profits and they're like, oh, let me just focus on like making as much money from trading. I don't care about my students. With me, I teach the patterns. I show all the trades and it's like, here, learn from this. Where do you where do you invest and spend all that extra money? Like, let's say you, you, well, a you, lot of it goes to tax four million. Yeah. So let's say so on. So you donate a million. Let's yeah. just say you have four million dollars left over. I actually dip into my pockets, though, too. So I usually yeah. donate about a million five on average for the fast three. Or OK. And then after tax, we'll say 40 percent on tax. So that leaves you with one six yeah, left over. Yeah. Where does that go? Bank account. Save up for yeah. what? I bought my parents a place down in Miami Beach, so that was nice. That was like one one six, one seven, because I bought two apartments next to each other. Um, Did you buy them cash? Um, I don't even know. I, I gave it to you know my financial guy, and I was like, here, like it's it's all. I don't I don't handle like my my taxes. I don't even do that. Like I'm so focused on teaching. I have like I, mean, I now have a staff of like fifty plus people, and so I'm like, do this. Whatever works, you know, like if you ask me like my accounting, I have no idea. I give it all to my accountant. So you don't pay too much attention to where all of your extra money is stored. Like, I mean, it just goes into liquid cash. Like I don't, I don't have any like mutual funds. I don't have any like long-term investments. Why? Um, I just don't, I don't really believe no in No real estate. It's like it's you're like rental. Place. My parents' place. I, yeah. I had like had a few places that I was looking like rent to buy, but like I never really yeah. liked it. I was always traveling. All this, like I've been doing this while I've been traveling to right. 120 countries. My charity has built 70 schools. So like aside from this year, I've always been traveling and focused on that. And I love the challenge of teaching, trading and traveling. But what's the reason why you never wanted to do like a nest egg? Just say like, you know what? I want six million bucks just invested in, in like a solid index fund. It's always going to be there. I'm just going to let it grow, never touch it. Every year I'll add another million to it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I really think that the market is overvalued, um, like real estate and stock market. I mean, especially after an 11 year bull market. So I'm just kind of scared. Like I never really 
you know, had that much. You have to understand I'm focused on trading. So like for me, it's like the challenge. I don't even spend that much. Like aside from like the cars, like, okay, buying my parents stuff, like donating millions, like I'm actually, I know it doesn't look like it, but I'm actually pretty frugal. Like, <laughs> With I don't, the Rolex, I don't need it. But the again, if you, ask me what, if you ask me what time it is, I'll check my yeah, iPhone. Yeah. Like this is- When did you, know, you get that watch? This was uh, earlier this year, but like- How much did it cost? This was like 40,000. Yeah. But like aside from, sky dweller, yeah. aside from yeah. a few things like that, like I really don't need that much. Like if I, let's say, God forbid I lost everything, right? I yeah. really wouldn't, it wouldn't be that bad. Like I would actually- like like the challenge to try to get it back. Like I, I really just don't need it. So I've had the luxury things. Yeah, They're nice. But. So you've had the confidence that no matter what, you're going to make money. You're always going to find a way to make it happen. So you don't really need that. Correct. Buffer. You have to understand yeah. like most people who yeah. teach on the internet are so full of crap. So all I have to do is be real. Like my video lessons about my losses get three times the number of views than my wins do because they're like, no one else talks in detail about their losses. So I literally can't lose. Like if I freaking win, okay, I made some money. I was right. My patterns work. If I lose, hopefully I cut losses rule number one quickly. Mm -hmm. And I show that maybe sometimes I get undisciplined. I don't cut losses quickly. Then that video gets even more views and then I get more students. Like it's just win, 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 win. It's actually a pretty cool thing. Just being real in an industry full of scams. Okay. Well, I'm still a little confused on Bring the fact it. that you, you said you, you keep everything in cash Yes. and you have one property, which yes. would be your parents' property. Yes. Is that cash all in one bank account? No, we have a few it's bank accounts. Yeah. Jack wants to know the, the login. Yeah, yeah. What's What's the, the, let me write it down for you. No. <laughs> No, I mean, it's, I, I like to stay liquid and going with my trading strategy, like I stay liquid. Like I have zero stocks right now overnight as the Dow just dropped like nearly a thousand mm. today. So you're not invested in any zero, all cash. I like don't, staying liquid. Don't you feel though that you've missed out on such a big run over 100%. the last like six months? hundred yeah. percent. But who cares? So what? I'm still making nearly a million dollars in trading profits. You don't have to catch every move. So many people have FOMO, fear of missing out, and they're like, oh, I have to catch this, I have to catch this. I stay liquid and I catch what I can. I guess it's different for me because I like having that nest egg. I like seeing those numbers just grow steady and if it dips down, I think I put like 50K into the market this morning. When yeah. it dipped down, yeah. I've been buying every, yeah. every hour. It's a little bit lower. But you have to understand so, too, like, yeah. I don't even act in terms of like what makes me the most money like if you look at my charitable giving like it's i spend yeah. i give way too much compared to my income but for me i do what works for me like i'm Oops. weird in the head hold on yeah swap out a battery yeah, oh, yeah. that one's that one's still recording so we're good i like the faces that you're making though this is hilarious what, you like, what faces you're just like you're like this guy's so full of like, I, no, I, just I don't, don't think so. I don't think your that. face says that, though. And that's why it's beautiful. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, that's not what no, I mean. you don't have to apologize. I get this all the time. You have to understand I'm in the head the way that I like think about charity and income and stuff like that. So like you're this is a psychology. This is an intervention. I think, Thank well, you for doing this. I, obviously, like I want to go into everything and, do it. You know, with skepticism because yeah. I feel like that's, that's and, doing justice to our viewers. Understand. But. I like the skepticism. This is the beautiful okay. thing about being real. Like people have all these conspiracy theories like, oh, your dad trades for you. Oh, your charity is a tax haven. None of that is true. I do all my own <laughs> trades. I donate too much compared to my income. I have my email from my accountant saying like, you're donating too much. So what? Wouldn't, okay. Wouldn't your accountant advise for you though to have some sort of long-term investment? Of course. They give me all kinds of things. And I and say, no. Just say no. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of having yeah. them? Why do you have I one? Want that. I want everything to be like legal, right? Like I want, like if you, if I got audited, if I had like any tax issues, like it's all, it's all done by the books. What about when you're older? Are you going to continue to be doing this for the rest of your life? 
I mean, I think that there's always going to be scams in the market, and I can always expose the scams. There's always going to be small companies. Okay, so that's Ooh, your that's your. Who do you goal. think is a scam? No companies, companies, companies. Okay, right, but no, but like teachers. <laughs> all right, all right. So if anybody teaches <laughs> yeah. in the stock market and they don't show every trade, what are you teaching? Like I just don't believe okay, you. There's okay, so many people it. like, oh, do you I show every millions. single trade. You make. Show every trade. Twenty plus years income tax returns audits. Like I show it all so that you can see. Like you can see my screw ups. You can see my wins. You can see my losses. I don't win every time. I win roughly two thirds of the time. But rule. Number one is I cut losses quickly. So my gains are 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. My losses are 300, 200, 400. So you're saying that basically you have this this very, very um, precise strategy that you follow every single time. Anything else out of it is outside of your area of expertise. And you just want to focus on this very small yes. niche. I say I trade like a sniper. So I take my, my little shot. I take my one shot. If there's a pattern that fits what I teach, I try to take it. And it's not an exact science. It's- How many people get your alerts when you say, like, I think this is going to break out. I got, I'm, I've got i got my watch list, 10 stocks. Yeah. How many people see that? Um, A few thousand, like okay. 6,000, 7,000. Do you think that could have any sort of impact on the price of the stock? I mean, I'm trading, like, the most active penny stocks. So they're trading 100, 200, 300 million. So, like, I specifically don't trade, like, illiquid stocks. And the interesting thing about my students is because I made, like, pretty much half my money going long and half my money going short there's a whole division in the penny stock world it's not like everyone buy a one spot there are gurus Mm -hmm. like that and they specifically push the price up for me half my audience i would say even more than half likes to short sell right so like any stock that's up 100 percent, they're like it's a scam so there's like a battle in my chat room between the short sellers and like the buyers and that creates the market yeah because my thought you if you almost get like a five stock watch list already people are going to start trickling in and i think if you have let's say we'll just call it five thousand people you know they're telling their friends but so 5,000, I bet, is more like 12. But you have 15, to also understand, yeah. so like I have a lot of haters because like like a lot of people think that I'm a scam, right? So they see me buy a stock and they're like, this is a scam. It's a Sykes pump. I'm going to short it. So I have like this built-in audience of people right, who right. like go against me. And I'm just like, whatever. It doesn't even matter to me because if I win, I'm going to make a video lesson. If I lose, I'm going to make a video lesson. And I'm just trying to win more than I lose. So I'm trying to let the patterns do their thing. Everyone else has their little conspiracy theories. I'm the guy who's been seeing this stuff for 20 plus years. Also understand, I'm trading active stocks and the stocks that I'm trading are usually already up 50 or 100%. So they're they're on my radar because they're a percent winner already. I don't just pick like a stock like, oh, this has an interesting technology. It's done nothing for two years, but now let me buy it. That's what penny stock promoters do. They get paid by the companies. For me, I don't get paid by the companies. I get paid by customers, students who want accurate information. So there's always going to be a market for accurate, honest information and recognizing the fact that I'm wrong a third of the time. And then I just cut losses quickly. If you stay disciplined, trading is all about discipline, right? So I'm basically like a drill sergeant teaching these degenerate traders like, you have to do this. I say trading is a battlefield. Like, you know, the E-Trade baby, like the little dancing baby on the commercials. Like, look, trading, investing Mm -hmm. is so easy. If it were realistic, if you looked at like the odds of like statistics of what people actually do with 90% of traders losing, 70% of investors failing to beat the S&P 500 every year, the baby would be bloody. It would be bruised. It would be all blurred out on TV. Trading is a battlefield, okay? That baby is ill-equipped to be on this battlefield. You don't bring a baby on the battlefield. Yeah. That's wrong. But do you, think, that? do you think the average person is probably just better off with an index fund instead of spending all the time learning how to trade stocks? Yeah. Maybe they're just better off. Here's an index fund, ride the market 100%. 70%. If you have, yeah. if you're fully loaded like at work or you have like a family, I don't, like most people who I meet like 
very talented, like photographers, videographers were like, should I get into it? And I'm like, no, you already have like a talent. You already have a passion. This is for people who are like, kind of like, oh, I have some extra time. Um, you know, let me try something. You know, people who otherwise would go to like uh, the casino or something like where the odds are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like this is something where I think the odds can be in your favor if you research enough and you put in enough time. But if you don't put in enough time, you're never going to get good. Can anyone do it? If you put in enough time. So you're saying so they can jack do it. Yeah. So you're saying, yeah. I you think I would be able to do it if I were I could teach in, a homeless guy to freaking do it if I could like clean up his like theoretical drinking problem in this hypothetical example. You should do that. Right? You should you should but do that. That you would should, be incredible. That would, would be an amazing video. It would be video. incredible. It could go viral. But here's the thing. So I'm not looking to teach the most number of people. Here's another layer, right? Everyone else wants as many students as possible. Like build my business. I want, you know, do the math, like number of subscribers paying this much. I don't want that. For me, I have the opposite problem. Mm. I have everyone already hitting me up. So I've really toned down on marketing. I've toned down on a lot of stuff because I'm looking for quality over quantity. If I taught that homeless guy, I would be more overwhelmed. And I have a problem where I answer DMs, I answer people's questions, and I'm overwhelmed. Well, where's the problem in that? If your goal is to teach and get spread the awareness, if teaching a homeless so much person... But but everything you have is pounds. but isn't that scalable? Everything you do, making the video to reach ten people is the same as reaching a million. Sure, your Instagram gets blown up a little bit more, but yeah. you never respond. Like I never respond to ninety nine percent of the DMs anyway. But I do, and I feel guilty, and I I take this personally because you have to understand, I'm not just getting DMs like, hey, I want to make money. I'm getting DMs being like, I believed in this company. I only read your blog post after I lost seventy five percent. I'm devastated. I feel for that person, even though I've never met them, even though I'll probably never meet them. With penny stocks, I'm meeting constantly people who have lost half or all mm-hmm. their money, and it gets to me because I have the solution. If I can, you know, if there's the yeah. matrix, if I could somehow just transfer everything that's in my head into their head. And but, then they're what, like, but wouldn't I that see. be a good deed, though, to, to, if, if you taught a homeless guy yeah. and that that just went viral and yeah. then that got tens of thousands more people into the market? Wouldn't that just be a net benefit? Even though you get hit it up more, would, wouldn't that no, be a small? No, 100 percent. But the problem is. Most people don't have the time. They're not going to actually do what is required because yes. I'm not teaching exact yes. science. So I can teach all my lessons, but if you're like, yeah, yeah, I've seen like, I have 6,000 video lessons, 6,800 video lessons right now, right? Because I'm basically a glorified history teacher. I'm teaching 20 years of experience. Every single person watching those video lessons is playing catch up because they haven't seen all the plays that I've seen. Long and short, hot markets, Chinese, hot stocks, electric vehicle stocks, crypto stocks, weed stocks. There's different hot sectors. So I'm trying to teach history and you have to go through all this history. A lot of people, they're like, okay, if I've seen the Chinese stock spiking, I've seen the weed stocks, it's all the same. No, it's not. There are nuances. So it doesn't matter how many people want to do this. Most people are unwilling to be as dedicated. So I have newsletters where like, okay, like you can, you can learn and it's like free as you want, like, you know, on my YouTube mm-hmm. channel. But again, you need to go above and beyond. You really, the, the biggest money is in the smallest details. And most people just don't put in enough time for that. I would agree with that. I would say for anything, you give a hundred people the same thing and maybe only a few of them will really use it and be good at it. But I still think if you could teach that person who's just like living out of their car with nothing, but they have the motivation, the time, the dedication, I might do that. That, that I, would I, be. I literally have never be, said that out loud, but I that think that would, might be funny. That would be huge, and uh, and have that, and make sure that person is completely random, and yeah. like like have have a third yeah. party yeah. go and pick out the person. Yeah. Maybe we, like ten. You pick yeah. ten of them, and then you. Well, you have, what if but you have, then like, you look for the qualities in the people that you think would be best. 
But if you have like different people from different backgrounds and then you see like, you know, and I could turn into a whole reality show, really, if I wanted to. I think that would be really interesting. That's cool. But I, also I understand 2020 that, yeah. is so different than other right. years. Like the pandemic, like that's crazy. There's so much volatility this year. So if you, let's say you dedicated all of 2019 to learn, there wasn't much opportunity in my niche. So all the people who are doing the best in 2020 are not students who signed up in 2019. My best students right now are making 300 grand, 500 grand, a million, but they've been students for three or four years. They've seen slow markets, so they appreciate this. So you can't just judge every year. Like, what if you get started and there's a slow year and then you get, you know, disheartened? Like my top student, Tim Gratani, has taken 1,500 into 12.7 million. Amazing. He's like a robot, but he made nothing his first nine months while working Mm -hmm. as a State Farm insurance agent. Can you study every night and make nothing while you're living with your parents? Will you still stay dedicated? Most people won't. Most mm-hmm. people will be like, this is a scam after like three weeks or six weeks or six months. Yeah. And why does your strategy not work with higher like amounts of money? I'm glad you asked. Higher amounts of money and higher price stocks. Um, there's no real hedge funds. There's no real smart people in penny stocks because the money just isn't big enough. Like I'm one of like the highest earning penny stock traders and I've only made a few million. The biggest traders on Wall Street make a few million in a day. They're trading, you know, Forex, they're trading currencies, they're trading things that are more scalable and they're using like prop firms and Goldman Sachs money. I'm using my own money. So it's a little different. So I say that I'm like fishing in my little pond and I think that this pond is great for, you know, average people like with a few thousand dollars. I think there's too many people with a few thousand dollars that do just invest in an index fund and like if you have a $10,000 account, like you might make what, a thousand, two thousand dollars over the year, which just to me doesn't move the needle. I think people with small accounts should utilize their small account size and take it as an advantage because they can fish in the pond. If you have like a $50 million account, you can't trade my strategy. Well, see, I think if you have 10 grand, you invest the $10,000, but then you work to increase your income. So that way you have more money that you could invest in an index fund that's going to give you 7 9%. Yeah. I, I mean, again, like you can get rich off index funds like in 50, 70 years and buy a new titanium hip, you know, like and like <laughs> put yourself in like the best old age home ever and like eat caviar and foie gras nice, every day yeah. <laughs> when you're 90 as your teeth are falling out and the, the nurses will make it into but a smoothie point, But the you. point is you save that money. It grows in the background as you work to increase your income. Yeah. That, that's that's what that's what I'm saying. That's a responsible, yeah. <laughs> slow way of getting rich over time, and that's fantastic but you could, for most but, people. But you could get rich by increasing, like working and finding ways to increase your income, yeah. so that, that way you just have more money to invest, and yeah. then you could get you know hundreds of thousands of dollars invested. Again, but if yeah. you learn trading, you can make $100,000 or $200,000 in a few weeks or months, and that would be five but, years of an index. But fund. how much money would you need to invest to make $100,000 in a few months? I mean, some of these these penny stocks go up. I mean, mass companies, APT went from four to 40 in like three days. Um, you know, we have Kodak even. Kodak like got a loan from the government, which turned out to be all mm-hmm. questionable. And that went from four to 50 in three days. Like you're having these crazy run-ups. So let's say you buy a thousand shares at four of Kodak. You're not going to sell at perfect at 50 or 40, but you know, you can go from four to 20 in a day or two. That's this market. And there are dozens of examples like that right now. But that would still assume if you don't go all in, even if you do 20% of your portfolio to do something like that, you would still yeah, need buy a thousand shares no, $100,000 to, no. to, do, to do that, to make a hundred grand. Think about this. Let's say you have a $10,000 uh, portfolio, yeah. right? You see Kodak, you know that it's spiked up big in the past. You see the loan agreement. You're like, okay, let me buy a thousand shares at four. You can either flip it at eight or 10 or 12 or 20. Right. You choose. But on your $10,000 account, you might make five grand, six grand, 10 grand, 20 grand in a day or two. And that kind of example has happened dozens of times yeah. this year. But I've also seen some volatility. Nikola was a perfect example yeah, of people fantastic. who got in and then just it got crushed. Yeah. Or the people who bought, especially yeah. calls, 
Wall Street bets was a fun one to watch during that time because people were buying Nikola calls. So I don't do I like options, you. but yeah. I was warning about Nikola. I actually got in a fight. I got blocked by Trevor Nikola early mm. on, and I took that as a badge of honor because I was like, no, there's something sketchy here. Yeah. And there is. So that's one of them. But that, that thing went from like, what, three to like 90. Right. And even now, even after all this sketchy stuff has happened, it's down to 20. Yeah. But that I can't believe it's still even worth 20. Because GM kind of backed yeah. them up. Nah, but like, yeah. There's so much volatility. That's what you have to understand. This time is special. So Index funds, maybe in another time, maybe if the market gets slow, but right now, now you have all the new Robinhood people, you know, they're getting 3 million customers per month. E-Trade's yeah. only getting 300,000. All the Robinhood people who they're getting stimulus checks, they're trading with it, right? So like you have so much volatility in so many trades, I don't know how to ignore it. That's part of the reason why like I'm going crazy this year where I'm just focused specifically on trying to capture as much opportunity, not just for the profits, but for the education. I say people have two accounts, their knowledge account and their brokerage account. Most people only want to grow their brokerage account. They don't think about their knowledge account. Like what is a knowledge account? That's not even a real thing, but you have to grow your knowledge enough to be better prepared on every trade. Most traders are unprepared for trading. Like they, they have their emotions. They don't have a specific plan. They don't have risk management. So they have lower odds of success on every trade. If you study, if you paper trade, you don't even have to risk money. Like while you're learning, right? Like you can use mm -hmm. fantasy cash you don't get the full emotional uh, education, but at least you can learn the volatility. And when you do that, you start using this volatility in your favor. The whole key here is using a small account to your advantage. Almost nobody in the world looks at a small account and is like, I'm proud of my $2,000 account. Almost everyone on Wall Street will look down on you. I still get made fun of, like when I tweet, like made 1600 today, made 1800. And they're like, you've been doing this for like 20 years and you only make like a thousand or two. There's Wall Street versus Main Street. Wall Street literally looks down on people who make $3,000 in a day. And I know most people that I know, most people on Main Street, most average retail traders would love to make $3,000 in a day. Mm -hmm. So it's about taking the low-hanging fruit, realizing that it's $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 in a day, and it can add up, or 200 yeah. or 300 in losses. What about the people who just follow your trades? They just see exactly what you're doing as you post. them like, I'm, I'm going to pop no. in on this and try to sell at the same time. So every day I warn, never follow my trades, never follow anybody's trades. All my top students, they made money, but they're self-sufficient. They don't need me. So for me, I'm training wheels, right? So I'm like posting, and I don't even just post like my trades. I post potential trades. I'm like, yeah. if this stock breaks, above 3.30. I want people to understand the whole game. Never follow anybody else. Then you're always dependent on them. And that's how, frankly, a lot of how, newsletters but, make but money. Why does it matter yeah. if you're going to be posting every single trade you do? Because I don't want them to be dependent on me. What if I get hit by a bus tomorrow? Then how are they going to make money? Look, that might have just hit me. Right? <laughs> that was crazy timing. This is what I'm saying. This is all destiny, okay? <laughs> crazy what time. if I got hit? Like, they wouldn't know. <laughs> I try to train my students to be self-sufficient. None of my top students tune into my webinars. They've heard everything. They know the patterns inside and out. This isn't rocket science. It's freaking penny stocks pumping themselves up, and you're taking advantage of hype and fear and manipulation. How long does it take to learn everything? Different markets, different times. Like right now in 2020, this is an amazing time to learn because you have five, 10, 20 examples every day of different like earnings winners, um, scams being busted, um, you know, electric vehicle plays, potential vaccine plays. There's so much happening. Like by the end of the day, this is why I'm drinking coffee and any energy. Like I need this stuff just to freaking stay awake. I'm going to crash after this interview, right? I'm like a little kid bouncing up and down and then I need my You only dad. have like... <laughs> Two switches. One is just like 100% and the other one is crap. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes when I do a video, like my videographer will see like, oh, you're done. Like I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one sec. Let me swap out this battery. There's nothing in between. That's funny. So what about your personal life then? You work a lot. Married you, to the job. How many hours a week yeah. do you work? 
or day, actually? It's like 16 to 18 hours a day. 16 is, is to 18 all, hours all a day. work or you're taking breaks throughout? All work. I mean, because okay. I'm trading, I'm making video lessons, I'm giving webinars, I'm writing blog posts, I'm writing tweets, doing Instagram. And then when the market closes, I do charity. So I manage like Karmagawa and Save the Reef. These two accounts have Karmagawa has 1.2 million followers. Save the Reef has 900,000 followers. So I'm doing those posts too, because at night I want to try to change the world. So I have two jobs. So do you work 16 to 18 hours a week every single day, day of the week? Per day. Yeah. Sorry. No days 16 off. 16 to 18 hours yeah. a day every yeah. 100%. day of the week. That's what it takes if you truly want to get ahead. Most people are unwilling to do it, but it's not work for me. I love what I'm doing. I love teaching. I love donating. I'm sick in the head. If I really just prioritize like my money, I wouldn't show my trades. I wouldn't teach. I could probably make more just by trading, but I actually love teaching others. That and do like doing charity. So here's the thing. Not like, just I'm donating be, money too. Maybe I'll be the first person to say it. Say okay. It. Say whatever you like. I th- okay. This isn't about, this is not about. I've heard like, everything. <laughs> you can't hurt me. It's not what you think. Okay. So what I'm going to say is like, I will, I, I consider myself a hard worker and I will, I will happily work 10 hours a day, 11 hours a day. I'll go up to like 13 or 14 hours a day. Yeah. But the next day, if I work like 14 hours one day, the next day, I don't want to work more than like 12. You know, like I, I don't want to do like two 14 hour days back to back. Yeah. Like, it's just like disappointed jack like here's the deal i like i said i'm fine working 10 hours <clears throat> 10 hours is good 11 hours is getting like okay it's it's a little gnarly like yeah. i can do 11 hour back to back obviously yeah but if you're doing like 14 hours and then 14 hours the next day and then 14 hours the next day it's just like it, am i just a wimp or is it just like no, I, i'm serious because like it just seems unfeasible no to, to work 16 to 18 hours a day every single day of the week because i see all of these people like all the Ty Lopez's people or like Gary V's and they're like, you need to yeah. bust your, and you got to work like all these hours every single day of every yeah. single week. And it's yeah. like, and it never ends. Well, I'm just like wondering, there's like, no end game. Is he actually doing that no. much work? So this, because I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty maxed out but when I'm hitting like 14 hour so days. For me, it's not work. Cause I love doing this. I'm teaching. I'm also now some of my students are teaching too. So I'm helping them launch teaching businesses because now they can help me. So I used to give like four or five live webinars a week. Now I'm down to one live webinar per week because now my students give two to four live webinars a week. So I'm actually getting help there. But I spend a lot of time on my charity. I don't just donate one to one and a half million dollars of trading profits. I do a lot of spreading awareness because I do believe that the world has a lot of issues and we are at this time in you know, human history where we need to change the way we treat the environment, treat animals. If you follow Karmagawa or Save the Reef, I'm doing those posts because it's not just about the money. I could donate a million. I can donate a billion and it wouldn't change anything. We need to change millennials in the way that we're treating. Like if literally every single person watching this, every single person listening to this picks up one piece of trash per day, it seems small, but you're saving millions of animals. One piece of trash, one piece of plastic stays forever and it kills multiple animals. We don't even think about that. We never even had a plastic plastic problem 40, 50, 70 years ago. Now the plastic problem is getting worse during the pandemic. So I see these problems. So for me, I like teaching, but then I see a lot of other issues. Like when I got started traveling, all I wanted to do was build schools, but schools take decades to really see the impact on the community. A lot of places don't have decades. A lot of things, like we did a documentary. In my spare time, I filmed documentaries too. We did a documentary on the rhino. Rhino are going to be extinct in the next five or 10 years unless something is done. Rhino are getting killed for their horns. Their horns, people think that they're made out of you know these medicinal properties. There's nothing. It's literally just keratin in our fingernails mm-hmm. in the rhino horn. So to me, that's part of the whole misinformation out there. I teach penny stocks. I teach how they're scams. I expose a lot of the BS. When I see rhinos, and if you've ever seen a rhino 
in person. Have you seen a rhino in person? Probably at the zoo. San Diego Zoo would probably be the only place. That's cool. I've seen but they're there. beautiful yeah. and they're going extinct due to misinformation where people get them because they think that they're aphrodisiacs, they're going to cure cancer. They don't do any of that. It's literally just keratin in our fingernails and we need to get that information out there. So I'm using social media for that too. So I'm driven. It's not about the money. If you look at the way that I work, I mean, I work slave hours. I probably am underpaid, but I do what I love. It's not just about the pay. Once you reach a certain level, I bought my parents their own place. I donate millions to charity. I want to donate more, but then you have to have passion. You have to love what you do. Right. Have I'm not. I'm not saying it's about the money or anything. Yeah. Like, because a lot of the work I do, like I literally just do it. Yeah. Because like there's there's nothing really honestly. A lot of the times where I can see any like outcome of a lot of the work I do, like when I was always reaching out to like all of those people, like I'm constantly mm. just like reaching out to random people yeah. trying to network, right? Like I don't really see anything come out of that. But all I'm saying is like working 16 to 18 hour days every single day. What do you think about this grant? Like, is that something that's sustainable if even sustain, like, like, able, like you can do that in the first place? I, like, I like it. See, I like doing it. I don't know how long I could do it 16 to 18 it. hours. We'll see let's, how long let's do. Well, I, was I don't doing, know. I don't know. I was doing about 14. I was initially, I was doing from about eight o'clock in the morning to about, I don't know, 10 PM at night. I loved it. I had so much fun doing that's that. What I, found. I couldn't do that forever. Is a good, 14 is I a good I couldn't do that forever though. I, I figured that like, 35, 30, like mid 30s would probably be a point where I'd be like, all right, now I could scale back a little bit, but I loved it. But, but I just found is good, but yeah. 16 to 18. If we're yeah, just, if know. we're saying you're working 18 hours a day, okay. Yeah. Say we wake up. Okay, yeah. what time do you wake up? Seven? Six? six? Seven. Yeah. Okay, you wake up at six. Okay. Yeah. And then, depending on the time zone, but yeah. Six. Okay, six o'clock, yeah. right? And then what, when do you have breakfast, right? I mean, pretty much right away, depending on when my mom makes it, if I'm home. Okay, so then it's 6.30, yeah. okay? And you have yet to start work, okay? Yeah. Brush teeth, shower, get all that stuff done. Yeah. Maybe it's seven, yeah. okay? Seven, work starts, yeah. okay? 18 hours past seven, right? That's five, <laughs> that's nine p.m.? I mean, really, Wait, no, so it's, it's mob, maybe even 19 10. hours. It's 10, 20. It's 10 it, p.m.? Yeah, but 10 sometimes PM. I'm up till 11, sometimes I'm up till midnight. I don't look at the hours. I see stuff that has to get done. If people send me a video on, like, plastic, if there's, like, some, you know, we just found, actually, like, a, a huge um, a coral reef that's bigger than the Empire State Building. Last night, I was up till, like, midnight writing the post about that because it was a fantastic find. I don't think about the hours. I think about stuff that has to get done. I do a watch list every night. I do video lessons every night. I'm trying to launch my students. I'm trying to do a bunch of things wait no, no no we did the math wrong yeah at 1 a.m yeah. okay so you you start at 7 a.m and then obviously you're gonna have to have lunch you're gonna have to have dinner and then i that's mean that's just quick that's that's not even like a i mean i eat standing up yeah like a, yeah okay but but 1 a.m yeah to 1 a.m and then you're waking up the next day at six again because i love what i do i jump yeah. out of bed Although, granted, I, I use yeah. energy drinks and coffee, which I never had to do two years ago. So maybe I'm fading, too, and I don't even realize it. I mean, I get it. 18 I, hours. I get it. If yeah. you love some, what some, you do. Sometimes you get so much in the zone that you just you don't even want to go to bed. And then you wake up in the morning and you're so hyped on just starting that that's the energy. I, I, I understand it. I understand yeah. that as well. Like, yeah. I, I get it, right? Like, yeah. obviously, I have worked more than 14-hour days yeah. in my life. But I'm saying, like, my average being between, like, 10 and 14, yeah. Yeah. if I do more than that, like, the next day, I'm obliterated. Yeah. I, it's 
I, I mean, in the beginning, when I first got started stock trading, I couldn't even make it watching the market the whole day. I would like take a nap because like when you're watching these things go up and down, like your head is getting like screwed up. Like in the beginning, you had to build up your tolerance. At least I did. But again, for me, it's not just the stock market. When the stock market closes, then it's the charity. And I'm very proud that our charity has better engagement than Greenpeace and PETA times five. And you know, what is it? It's like my money. And this is like charity merch. This is made out of plastic recycled water bottles, which is pretty cool. So we're creating charity merch. We're trying to spread awareness we're trying to donate i'm wearing a lot of hats you know is that do you do anything to relax what is this word is that a latin <laughs> i've heard yeah somebody was trying relax. to say there was day yeah. day off i think it was like a french yeah word. i don't know day off like o-e-f-f like a like an egg dish i don't know oaf i don't know i've never heard of it yeah die off i don't know i don't know i've never heard of it yeah no, I have goals. I have a mission. I love what I'm doing. You have to understand 90% of traders lose. I can save them. It doesn't I'm like seem the, real to have me. You seen, have you seen I Am Legend with Will Smith and he's trying, like the zombies no, are coming in and he's like, I can save you. I have the cure. And they're not listening because they're zombies. That's how I feel. I am Will Smith and I am legend. And the zombies are pounding down my door. <laughs> they're losing on trades. The zombies are losing. They're losing everything. They basically <laughs> are. They're financial money. zombies and I am Will Smith and I have the cure for them. How do I keep that to myself that would be selfish i commend you on your energy like i think that is <laughs> just i think i think it's incredible it's because if i was energy. getting six hours of sleep every night Gosh. the next day i would just think how like, much i could get done but it's not I, even yeah, energy wow. it's when you find your mission when you find your life goal you don't think about the hours you think about what you want to do when i first got started teaching penny stocks every financial expert i wrote to them i like i did like handwritten notes for my book, like a stupid guy. Like I got no responses. I got a few responses. Every response from financial experts, don't do this. Penny stocks are dangerous. You can't teach them. That just made me more motivated to teach because yeah. I did this on what my about, own. What about lawsuits? Let's just say, because it is a high risk environment yeah. where people can lose money. Yeah. Have you been the subject of any lawsuits of students being like, I lost no. money? No. Rule number one yeah. is cut losses quickly. If right. anybody ever loses big, they're breaking my rules. So I teach so conservatively. Yeah. I have a whole DVD where I talk in a high pitched voice. I'm like, I'm a castrated choir boy. This is how I trade. I have no balls. I literally talk like this for an hour. I make such crazy analogies because I tell you that you have to be a castrated choir boy. Very good at this. I'm telling you, I've done a DVD like this. It's like a twisted Mickey Mouse. Correct. But that's how I teach. I trade so conservatively. (laughs) I see these stocks spike 200, 300%, and I'm taking 10, 15%. I'm like, it's a scam. I don't know what's going to go on. And I leave all this money on the table, and that's fine. As I've shown, you can still make millions by taking little tiny gains and playing it so safely. Let's talk about something other than work. Okay. How about relationships? Yeah. yeah. Do, you have, do you have a girlfriend yeah. or a wife? No. Married to my job. Always? Is that always going to be the case? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Are you I don't know how long. Affection? I have affection from my job. <laughs> it's, it's literally being married to the job. Have you heard the phrase like married to the job? I, I am the definition of married to the job. Um, it's not a job for me. It's a mission. Yeah. Okay, but do you think at some point in the future your priorities are going to change? Hopefully. Hopefully I can teach enough people. I first got started into teaching because I thought, oh, if I teach everybody these patterns, everyone will use them and they'll be obliterated and I'll be free. These patterns have kind of been the gift and the curse. I missed my college graduation for a trade. Unfortunately, as I said, half my students like to go long, half my students like to go short. So it's just a war and I've yeah. like started it. So you'll keep going until everyone uses it and then it's ineffective and you think that's my that would be that's fantastic. my cue. If there's so nothing it will more be ineffective do. once everyone starts to use it. I hope, but unfortunately again, even though I have thousands of students, what? Probably like 300 of them actually pay attention to all the rules in the video lessons like I'm teaching the freaking zombies that and I am legend. Like that's what they are. Okay. 
What trade, or the hyenas in The Lion King. What trade did you make this morning? Uh, I made five trades this morning. I had a morning spike on SFOR. Um, I bought ASTC. They have um, a mask detection um, or, or breath um, detection where you can literally test your breath and see if someone has. Those were my morning trades. Um, and then in the afternoon, uh, I had one right before the close. What was it? I only made six, 1700 today. Oh, I lost on BANT. I lost $69 on my last trade today. $69. Yeah, on the last trade. <laughs> yeah. So you've made about 1600 today. 1700 I was and up like 17. how much were you trading with? Um, all the positions were like five or 10000 I wasn't trading big today because when the market is down so much, so I'm making- So you made t- like 10%, 20% yeah, Well, like 8% on like a few. Like I was correct. I traded BANT twice. I bought the breakout. I was right on that. And then I tried to go for the afternoon breakout and it failed and I cut What's losses. the volume like on those stocks? BANT traded, I don't know, 400, 500 million shares. I'm trading the most active penny stocks. Yeah, yeah. Because they always have How news. much was that? BANT, yeah. uh, it's like price? half a penny a share. Half a penny? Yeah, sub pennies. Wow. I don't even like sub pennies, but they're yeah. hot lately, so I'm yeah. trading. And them. what did it close at? Or uh, what did you sell at? Like, so my first one, I bought it at uh, literally a half a penny, point zero. Oh, does it stop? Um, so I, I bought BANT at point zero zero five this morning and sold it at point zero zero five seven. So I made like 12%, 13%. Um, it was like 650 bucks. And then in the afternoon, I bought it on the breakout at point zero zero six eight. And I sold it at 0.0065. I lost one one third of a penny. I don't normally mm. trade sub penny stocks. It's it's crazy trying to like fit in like a third of a penny, but that's what's yeah. hot. It was still up like a hundred percent on the day. And if you're so certain in all of the trades that you do, why not? Use I'm not certain left- on any trade. I can lose on any trade. I always say cut losses quickly in okay, any but- one trade. So why don't use leverage? Why don't go all in? Because I'm never certain. I'm the opposite of certain. I have ideas where I think this stock can run. I think this stock can break out, but I can be proven wrong right, in any but, stock. I mean, if you're, so if I'm sure that I'll make profit 70% of the time, yeah. I would do, I would probably put in a, a fifth, a tenth of my net worth and just do that over and over. But you don't because, know, you don't know which ones, like I, I'm surprised sometimes at the ones that work out. Like I take speculative plays sometimes like DGLY, they make uh, body cameras for police people. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we have civil unrest, then theoretically the police need equipment. So DGLY spikes whenever there's riots or protests. Um, I'm always shocked at how much that runs. And I usually take profits too quickly. So if I had like, you know, if I wasn't emotional, if I could just say, okay, DGLY runs a lot, then I would be more aggressive on that one because I usually underestimate it. But because this isn't an exact science, sometimes there's civil unrest, sometimes there's a protest and DGLY does not run. It's not an exact science. Right. But of course, you wouldn't be teaching something that if you weren't at least more than likely sure that you were going to make money. Yeah. You wouldn't like sell courses on that, right? Yeah. So if you are, okay, maybe not not the word certain, but fairly sure that you're going to make profits on 70% of trades. Why not be buying short-term calls and leveraging? Or, there's no options on these on these stocks. There's, okay, that was that was. But I wouldn't use I leverage. Had. I wouldn't use all in because again, for me, it's not how much I can make on the trade. It's how to teach. I don't want to teach my students to go all in. I don't want to teach my students to use leverage. I'm trying to put myself in the position of a student who's just beginning. This is why I put like it's laughable that like a multimillionaire puts in five or ten thousand dollars into a trade. It cost me literally a few hundred dollars to send out the text messages and the emails. Like it's not specifically to make money. I make money in this business 
business, my teaching business grows because I don't have the cancels that other people have because I'm real. My job is to create the most successful students. So if I go all in or let's say I'm saying, ah, I'm tired of trading with five or 10,000, let me put in 100,000 students cancel because they are not learning how they should be trading. And even if they don't cancel, they're not successful. What if I say, oh, 70% of the time, let me just go bigger. And then my students start doing it, but then they're not trained and then they lose big. So I'm not just trading for myself, I'm trading as a student and I don't want to teach my students the wrong way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for Graham and I? Um, just in general, build yeah. your YouTube channel. Keep going. Keep Let's going see what you YouTube. can go. All right. I think this is fantastic. You guys have cool. a great niche. You guys ask great questions. There's demand for it. You know, you have value and you know, you can do this here. Like I'm excited to see what you guys can do. Cutting through the BS, always just be real and go into all the numbers. That's why I like when interviews are like, can I ask any question? Like, yeah, be real and go into all the details because most people won't. Most people have stuff to hide. If you can be real on the internet, the internet is yours. Jack wanted to know your net worth. Oh yeah, can you say it? <laughs> yeah, like 20 to 25 million. It's pretty good. Jack is mildly impressed. But it doesn't matter. Who cares? Like I, I mean, said, it doesn't matter. If right? I lost, we need, we need a but title. If, but again, title, if I lost yeah. everything, I would be fine. It would actually be a fantastic. Yeah. I don't know how I would lose everything. If I you're looking for a place to lose yeah. that money, yeah, crypto. I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of people that would be willing to. Jack wants know, it. Accept. <laughs> Large amounts of yeah. money. Jack Just was going to ask you also for a million dollars. I was kidding. That was <laughs> I'm joke. kidding. But I'm kidding. That's I don't. Good. I don't loan money out to people. Um, but I, I do donate to charities. So if you know any charities, if, if people watching this know any charities, I'm always looking for new causes like building schools, helping animals, helping the yeah. environment. We just did NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Nice. Yeah, that's a hugely, yeah. hugely uh, underprioritized issue. Yeah. What's your favorite? I mean, I'm all about education. So we built seven. Oh, you talking about Pokemon so cards? Yeah, what? your favorite Pokemon What's your favorite card? Pokemon card? Oh, <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I was joking, Dave. Okay. <laughs> I don't do Sorry. Pokemon cards. Sorry, I know you yeah. did that with like Logan. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Logan is actually in like Kansas with like one of my friends. His family owns like a card shop. And so he's like doing a whole new thing. Oh, cool. With like, the, I guess there's like a $2 million card or something. I don't know. Oh, the uh, Illustrator Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's in Kansas. Yeah. So your advice for Graham is that he should con to con uh, he should continue growing his YouTube channel. Hundred percent. You don't know very much about me, but what nope. would your advice be from me? Stay by Grant. Stay by Grant. Learn from those who are successful. Learn from those yeah. who are like creating a new path, and then find your own angle too. Like I'm not saying like you have to be like Grant, but you know you could literally do. You're in the vicinity and you can learn from this and then you can start saying, oh, I'm actually better at this. So a lot of my students, like they start learning from me, but then they mold their strategy. Yeah. We can't let Jack get too good though, because then he's going to go off and start his own thing. So it's we, we got to, we got to, we got to cage him a little bit. You have to cage him. Yeah. Cage him a little bit. We wanted to get good, but not too good. Yeah. So. No, it's probably inevitable though. I hate to tell you because he's, he's asking good questions. Uh, no. But no, you guys can work stop together. Stop asking good questions. In, yeah. No, invest in his business and then, you know, you can grow your net worth and you grow your business by investing in him. That's how it be. Like, I love the fact that my- I like this guy. Uh, I like this guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's a good guy. should have said it. It was going good up until that <laughs> I usually stick my foot in the mouth at, at a certain time. What are we, an hour 16? I mean, it usually yeah, is like good. within like 30 minutes. So I've lasted longer. No, you learn from successful people. You see what works and then you find what works best for you. And then you try to create a circle of successful people. Mm -hmm. So I'm very proud that my students are now teaching, even though they have slightly different patterns than mine. Fantastic. I can only do so much. 
as you say, like the whole 16, 18 hours freaks you out, mm -hmm. right? So now I have students who are doing the work and I'm like asking them sometimes like, hey, make a video lesson on this trade and they do like a 45 minute video. 45 minutes I didn't have. So it's good to have helpers. It's good to create like a whole circle of success. That makes sense. I think that's a, that's a good... That's a good quality statement to under, to, to truly understand that one size does not fit all, yeah. right? Like everyone has their own strategies. What I've noticed is that some other people would be so convinced that, so I loosely, loosely trade options or lightly trade options. Like I'm not super into okay. the rabbit hole, be right? Careful. But yeah, of course. But I've talked to plenty of people and they're like, oh, my option strategy is, they think that's the best, right? Everyone thinks their option strategy is the best until they lose everything. Right, right. But like, I, I'm fairly confident in my strategy. Yeah. And when I try to talk to other people about it, like I always say, like never develop your own strategy, right? Because if someone were to copy my strategy, yeah. like exactly, like- They, they would lose they, everything. They don't know. They don't <laughs> understand like my thought process that goes yeah. along with my strategy 100%. because I've, ad I've adapted my strategy to fit what I know, like, about myself and Every, my everyone should learn from somebody who's successful, but then tailor it to yourself. This is what I say to all my students. Like I'll teach you what's worked for me. Then you choose a strategy. Do you like going short selling? Do you like buying breakouts? Do you like holding for a minute? Do you like holding for an hour? I have this one student, Tim Lento. He just says, Oh, these stocks are scams. Let me just short them and, and hold them for months. And he does. And he's made 700 grand. I tried to hold it for like two or three days and the stock isn't budging. And I'm like freaking myself out. I'm like psyching myself out. I don't have that patience. So even though they're scams, even though they are going to collapse eventually, it takes a certain mindset and, you know, strengths and weaknesses to do that. Mm. So you just have to accept that. That's the market. That's any market. That's money making in particular. That's why people watching this, like you try to do exactly what Graham does. It might not work exactly for you, but take bits and pieces from what he's doing and then implement that, you know, because obviously he's doing a lot of successful stuff. Then you try that too. And you're like, oh, this actually like helped me speed up my learning curve. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do is speed up people's learning curves and speed up their, their little, you know, wealth curves a little bit, but the people still have to do it themselves. They can't just say, oh, I'm just going to copy somebody else. It doesn't work that way. Well said. Do you have any questions for grammar? I <laughs> well, thank you so much well, for coming with on. With that said, you good. I, I so wish I did. I, is, there, is there anything else that you wanted to say? I think I said pretty much everything like five times over. Just find what you love. Do what you love. It's not just about how much money you make. Donate to charity. Think about the world too. This is one thing that I would like to stress where it doesn't matter how rich you get if we lose the earth, if we lose mm -hmm. the environment, if we lose our wildlife, it's all interconnected. I highly encourage you to watch David Attenborough's new movie on Netflix. Um, what is it? A, a Life on This Planet. Is that planet. the guy who does The Voice? Yeah, yeah, he's The Voice. Yeah. And he has a new one. And it's he's been documenting the wildlife and the environment. And he sees how it's all disappearing. And it's going to you know lead to a lot of repercussions and consequences over the next few years. So as much as you want to focus on your own wealth and your own future... It doesn't work unless we start thinking about everybody else too. And that's something that's so urgent in the next 5, 10, 15 years with plastic, with too many animals, with so many different things. And it's, you know, if everyone does just a little bit, I'm not saying like everyone has to like give up everything, but I think if we all start doing little things, it makes a big change. I like it. Cool. How many cars do you have? Zero. I sold them all. What about how many credit cards do you have? Like five or six. How much money know? do you have in your wallet? <laughs> <laughs> this is rapid fire. Right? And then what's your credit what's your, score? Yeah, what's your credit score? I have no idea. I don't I don't need to borrow. We should ask everyone from now on what's in your Let's wallet. Yeah, 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 that's a great. Look, so I got I'm superstitious. I got my two two dollar bills. Okay. And I got uh Lima Rupia. Uh, I got some yen. Um another Lima Rupia. 
rupiah. Is this just leftover cash, or you keep yeah. this in? No, no. This is just from like my last trip. Uh, I was in Turkey. This is Turkey, and then I got uh, like what five, six twenty, six hundred twenty bucks. Wow, that kind of thing. It's pretty good. I don't know. I mean, it's just whatever's in my wallet. So, and then I, if you want to take this as a souvenir. It's up to you. I'm okay. It's a, okay, I'm okay. okay. I literally, right. so like it's, I have like cash photos and I actually did go to the bank and I got the cash out. Yeah. I don't use fake cash. I don't like <laughs> fake cash. There's a whole conspiracy theory like Sykes yeah. has no cash. You can just get a, a bundle of a million dollars off eBay and it's like $300. Oh, yeah. But I literally went to the bank, Bank of America, and I set it all up and it was a, but it was good. <laughs> These make really great coasters. They do. It's yeah. cool. It's perfect. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, thanks, thanks so much, so much for, for coming on. on. This has been fun. It's good to do, uh, what, two Jubilee? Is this? Three is this three? Yeah, something this like is that. the a few jubilees. We'll see third, how the next one comes. Second out. or third jubilee we've done together, so we'll see for the fourth. Yeah, let's cool. keep it going. So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. We'll link to all of our information down below in the description. Make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell, get your free stocks from Weeble, join the mentorship group, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching. Right. Hey, Thanks, cool. Print it. Perfect. So do you have a Jewish mom too? I do have a Jewish mom. So she makes Jewish amazing good sandwiches every day. Jewish mothers. Yeah. And so I go back like I was in Florida. Look at this. I'll actually show you. I take this as a badge of honor too. Does your mom make sandwiches for you? Kind of. Kind of? Not anymore. How old are you? 22. Well, I'm double your age and I still get sandwiches. So this is, this is literally my text. This is funny. And so I had problems with like TV failed to connect. But, like, look, so I'm, like, I was staying there. You just text your mom breakfast? Yeah, yeah, look, breakfast. Look, I say breakfast, and then she says, like, perfect timing, eight minutes, groovy, breakfast, coffee. What's the Wi-Fi? Are, are those demands? No, they're just requests. Breakfast. <laughs> look breakfast. at his text to his mom. Breakfast? You see, I didn't even wake up. Like, this was at, like, 547. I was, like, breck. God, I wish the people like, could this is dinner. Aw- this is awesome. I'm a mama's boy. I admit it. That's cool. Hey, I'm a total parent's child as well. So. And when I go home, like my mom likes to take care of me. Like I'm an only child. So like she feels like a mom. So like I'm doing her a favor too, but I'm also getting That's good. stuff. All right. So, so we have all the guests introduce the podcast. So you got to say, welcome to the iced coffee hour. My name is Timothy Sykes. Oh wait, what, what episode are we on? The 25th? 25th. Yeah. yeah so you have to say, welcome to the 25th ever. Episode ever. of the Iced Coffee Hour. Okay. My name is Timothy Sykes, and so far we have made twelve thousand four hundred and eighteen dollars. Just say twelve thousand four hundred dollars. I think it's good. What? That's where I started. Ad, AdSense. Are you serious? AdSense no. on the podcast. Because literally, that's what I started with. I thought you were like saying my. Mm-hmm. Like, I started with twelve thousand four hundred fifteen dollars. I was like, no, it's four fifteen. Oh well, you'll know that then. Just just say the number you started no, with. No, that's crazy. That's cool. So wait, which camera do I look? Into? Uh, whichever. Look into this. The this is the okay. Yeah. That one. That's you made twelve thousand four hundred fifteen. Are you serious? That exact number? Yeah, four eighteen. Literally, I started <laughs> yeah. with four fifteen. This is in my bio. This is everywhere. That's twelve thousand four hundred fifteen dollars. This is destiny. I yeah, love this it. is it's beautiful. Cool. All right, you got it down. Twenty fifth ever episode. Twenty fifth ever. Cool. And we've made or you've made. Uh, just we'll say we've. Yeah, yeah we're all part of it. Yeah. And this is the iced coffee, coffee hour. hour. Cool. cool. Ready? Let's go.